Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Bundesliga show. Uh, we are tuning in tonight for some more Bundesliga uh, match, well, match week 23 uh, review. Uh, joined tonight by Peter. Peter, good evening. How are you doing? Doing quite well. Good evening to you as well. I hope you had a nice weekend, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you as always. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, um, big weekend of action, uh, lots of talking points, uh, lots of us to review and get stuck into. Uh, as you might have noticed, uh, no Mark, sadly, this evening. He is otherwise engaged. But me and keen. Um, so keen that phones are pinging off everywhere uh, to get stuck into the uh, uh, Bundesliga review. Uh, so, yeah, sit back and enjoy uh, along with us. If you could leave us a thumbs up on the show, always very much appreciated. I uh, can already see a couple of people tuning in. So good evening to everyone. Uh, that is watching with us uh, and of course subscribe to the channel and if you're tuning in via audio um uh well audio format whatever that might be apple spotify anything else uh hope you enjoy the show as well and leave a rating for us um so yeah let's get cracking peter and let's get cracking with a bit of kiosk fun uh so it's been a little while since we've done one of those so i'll uh, oh, gladly hand over to you Absolutely. Well, um, I, of course, brought my newspapers with me here to Frankfurt, where I'm attending a piece of business. I'm always carrying my uh, newspapers with me. I suppose we'll begin with the Thursday kicker, in which uh, fairly big news breaking last week. You guys covered it on the Thursday show, of course. But could you uh, envision a better picture here of Thomas Tuchel, uh, where it says, Das Ende. Uh, it is the end of his uh, coaching regime. And uh, we've seen a lot of nasty mugshots of Tuchel. Uh, he's also been hiding behind his uh, ski mask quite a bit there on the sidelines, but I thought that this was uh, an excellent picture of him. Of course, uh, a lot of the uh, Thursday kicker coverage was um, <clears throat> in memory of Andreas Bremer. The Kaiserslautern fans did a wonderful choreo for him as well. He was, after all, an FC Kaiserslautern professional, and I was pleased to see that in the stadium this weekend. So the build on Sonntag, uh, our English viewers will be pleased to know, went with Kane or Bayern, Kane's noch. Uh, Bayern were able to smack, uh, snap that three-game uh, on the trot losing streak thanks to a Harry Kane brace, who is uh, once again uh, on pace to break the Lewandowski record. He'll at least get that, even if he doesn't get a trophy this season. And probably the other thing, the other main piece of news in the build, apart from the fact that, uh, well... Uh, Max Kruse and Joachim Löw are having a little bit of a tiff. We can skip over that. Uh, <laughs> um, was it... Uh, did I see this here? Okay. Let me know here. Well, there was a... Uh, uh, oh, yes, here it is. Uh, will Xavi Alonso be going to Leverkusen, Liverpool, uh, or uh, Lederhose? And that, of course, is alluding to the fact that he has been linked with the FC Bayern München job. If you care to go back to the beginning of the season, the joke... Uh, and all of the German footballing circles was that Xabi Alonso, being the tactical genius that he is, was either going to win the league with Bayern or with Leverkusen. Either way, he was going to win the league. Um, it may surprise some Leverkusen fans to know that he's uh, interested in going to Bayern. It certainly surprised me. Uh, but that may be the case. He is, after all, a former Bayern professional. And according to Sky, it is what he's doing. The big obituary for Bayern, Veasan Mia, is here in the Monday kicker. Um, there's quite a bit of talk about this. Um, I think I effectively have called the title race dead uh, for a few weeks now. Uh, the defeat uh, against uh, Bochum last weekend pretty much constituted the final nail in the coffin. 
Uh, Tuchel is now a lame duck coach. Uh, Leverkusen will have to work awfully hard uh, to uh, get uh, to worm their way out of this one or to to legitimately lose the title, I should say. Uh, we'll, we'll see if that happens. Uh, it is possible arithmetically, of course, but I don't think that it's very, very likely. And of course, uh, uh, the big news today is that Max Abel, uh, as we had been expecting for many, many weeks, or as we had been expected since Leipzig decided to terminate him, uh, will be the new board member for sport, taking over uh, Hassan ha Salihamidzic's old position. So the rebuilding job will fall to him this summer, and uh, everybody has their views on that. But uh, in any event, uh, that is our uh, kiosk club for today. Um, oh, uh, I don't have the Spiegel to show you, but there's a very, very great interview in the Spiegel this week with uh, Bundes trainer Julian Nagelsmann, uh, ahead of the Euros here. Uh, in which he discussed the return of Tony Kroos uh, to the national team, very, very big topic here in Germany. Mm -hmm. And also uh, the fact that, um, well, he revealed some some personal details about his life. We don't necessarily have to get into those that were quite shocking. Um, I wanted to address, uh, there were, of course, uh, with the uh, investor deal being called off, no more protests in the Bundesliga this weekend, with the exception of Frankfurt Wolfsburg. Mm which the Frankfurt Ultras did throw some tennis balls on the match and some flummies on the or on the pitch and some flummies on the pitch as well to protest the fact that Wolfsburg uh, are, after all, a non-50-plus-one uh, investor club. Uh, by the way, the Wolfsburg Ultras also protested against the investor deal, <laughs> uh, as odd as that may sound. Um, but it was a um, rather orderly protest. It was done in about six seven minutes. Uh, it only led to about uh, 10 minutes of added time in the first of the uh, the Sunday kickoffs, the early kickoffs. But other than that, it was game, set, and match. German ultras across the Bundesrepublik were declaring victory. Uh, and uh, as Mark and I were showing you in one of our in-stadium pieces and vlogs, uh, the protests had escalated to such a point that the fans could no longer be ignored. And, uh, okay, this is... <laughs> <laughs> I do apologize yet again. Uh, that's all that I wanted to report on for the Kiosk Club. I'm pleased to turn it over to my colleague, Rory, now. Delightful stuff. Thanks as ever, Peter. Maybe that's Mark trying to call us and say, oh, get me in, get me in. Uh, I think Balim said that in the comments as well. Uh, yeah, Mark, on, uh, he'll be desperately watching, no doubt. Uh, anyway, yes, we'll move on to the football from this weekend uh, and we'll cover uh, our top four games uh, and try and go into a little bit of detail of the others uh, pending time. Uh, and so the fourth, uh, well, the start of our running this evening is going to cover the 2-2 the draw between Union Berlin and, and Heidenheim. Um, uh, obviously, a game that was um, yeah, still particularly important uh, for, for Union to try and uh, well, push further away from uh, relegation trouble. Uh, it was, uh, well, um, an interesting game, a bit uh, kind of topsy-turvy in a sense, but a fairly even first half. Um, what we were thinking we were going to see Heidenheim uh, go into the break 1-0 up. Uh, they, at very worst, were thinking, OK, well, if not 1-0, uh, we'll go in at 1-1. Uh, but Union had other ideas and managed to complete a very, very sharp come, um, comeback uh, to lead 2 one at the break, thanks to the goals from uh, Goosens and Schaefer. Um, I must admit, well, both goals from Union had a, a sense of uh, luck uh, generated towards them, uh, particularly Schaefer's goal, which was deflected in. Um, and then in the second half, Heidenheim showed their quality um, and were 
probably the better team. Uh, and obviously, Jan Nicholas Bester uh, was able to get yet another goal, uh, impressively finishing and lobbing Wano in net from a, a dinchy, um, well, smash forward basically uh to make it 2-2 two, two, and and that's the way it would uh it would stay basically um but yeah i mean union peter they keep on uh, grabbing these points and and you know arising out of of trouble uh slowly but surely uh well i mean firstly I mean, Union's XG in this game was, was 0.66, just showing that they were able to take what few chances they had. They had a win <laughs> probability in the 43rd minute of 14%, uh, and then um, about four minutes later, their win probability was up to 71%, based on, obviously, those two goals uh, that we saw from uh, Goosen's, obviously, getting a bit of a break, you know, inside the box, uh, and then Schaefer, obviously, by his deflected effort. So... Um, a bit of a wild game. This, in terms of it, like there wasn't that off that often huge amounts of quality. I would say, but uh, it's just exactly what Union are needing to do right now. We've you know we talked about this kind of going back to basics, um, and they were able to get you know another creditable point. What what did you make from their performance? Uh, well, the uh, the stars of the show were, of course, the the Union Ultras, uh, who were the most active uh, in the protest scenes that we saw in the Bundesrepublik over the, the past few weeks. Um, they, uh, many <clears throat> different ultra societies, uh, put up signs uh, this weekend that said "Spielsatz Sieg," which translates to "game set uh, game set match," a nice little tennis metaphor uh, yeah. to, of course, uh, uh, declare victory. But um, well, no, this was not a quality match from them, um, which was, uh, there was actually, it was, there were many, many tactical errors from, uh, uh, in my personal opinion, from Union trainer Nedad uh, Bielka. Um, he put uh, Brendan Aronson, the uh, the Medford Messi, the American there, behind uh, Benedict Hollebach, a sort of a short striker, a service striker. And I had hoped that that was going to work out well. It didn't work out terribly well. Um, Lucas Tussar was a very, very advanced in what amounted to a 3-3-2-2. And um, of course, the big mistake, and this was the reason that Heidenheim were able to score in the opening minute, was that Kevin Vogt was moved to the to the left side of defense. Uh, he wanted to give Robin Knocher a, a try there um, <clears throat> as the pivot runner there in that back three again. So <laughs> um, this was, uh, I think they were lucky to to get the point here. I mean, Heidenheim continued to be a phenomenon, uh, a force to be reckoned with. They are not in the relegation race at all. It is uh, uh, quite a shame that Mark isn't joining us this evening, as uh, Nikola Dovdan, the former Nuremberg player, is is one of his uh, uh, <laughs> most hated players. <laughs> so uh, I, I would have loved to have uh, given him some some flack about that. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, if, uh, this was we had uh, four goals in it, uh, but it wasn't necessarily a feast for the eyes. I wouldn't say that this one was. We have some better matches uh, to cover coming up for you. Uh, both teams probably consider themselves safely on the relegation race uh, for the time being, of course. Uh, Union, uh, we never really figured that they were a factor into the relegation race uh, after the disastrous uh, hidden window. We thought that they would bounce back. Looks to be the case that they will. And Heidenheim, of course, are... Okay, no one is safe until we get 35 points, just as we were saying last season, towards the end of last season, and we can keep saying that again. Uh, but um, <clears throat> yes, indeed, there were some interesting talking points from this one, but the best action was in the stands. With that, I'll turn it over to you, uh, I suppose, for our next match. Yeah, um, well, yeah, just before we move on from that, um, I mean, 
obviously from Heidenheim's point of view, I think, like you say, they're not in a relegation race, but I do have my concerns if we if we take out a best of via injury and maybe you know maybe Dinchy as well. Um, you know, we've we've talked a lot about Kleindienst as well and, and Peering are here and there chipping in with goals, but uh Kleindienst's form of he's not been playing badly necessarily, but he's not converting those chances as well as he was earlier on in the season. So I have my worries should that happen. Obviously, it hasn't happened. So happy days for Heidenheim, and that you know their you know their phenom of the season you know goes on and on, uh, and they'll continue to be a pest for anyone. Um, but yeah, I, I just was thinking that. Um, well, whilst we were kind of whilst I was prepping for the show, uh, Union, yeah, form wise for Union, they're doing really well now. Um, they've only lost. They've only actually lost three games since the twenty fifth of November. And now four unbeaten. Um, so I know one of the questions that we had last week uh, when we did the Q and A is, "Are Union back?" And we were saying we don't think they're back, but they're certainly a lot better. Um, and you know they are pulling away from trouble. And, and we can talk about teams in trouble a little bit later on as well, uh, perhaps. But yeah, um, an interesting game to get us kicked off. Uh, and so the third game. Uh, of the weekend that we'll talk about was the top spiel from from Saturday evening as um, Bayern went into uh, a huge game with with RB Leipzig with with so many kind of uh, well connotations and stories uh, around this one. But in terms of the actual football that we saw, Peter, um, I think the first half was uh, kind of a well a quiet-ish affair. We you know we saw the. The one big chance for for Harry Kane, uh, you know, really um, a really excellent stop actually by Janis Blaswich in net, uh, saving uh, Kane's free uh, free header, um, and then into the second half, Leipzig came out pretty strong and and were asking questions of Bayern. I think it's fair to say, um, but then a, a real piece of quality play from from Bayern down the left hand side, starting with Guerrero. Uh, and then, um, oh, well, I mean, Musiala's part in this goal can't be understated because of his turn in the midfield, his pace to get away from this man, strength to play off a pass to Kane, and then Kane's clinicality in that sense again was was superb um, to give the hosts uh, a one nil lead. Um, this, however, didn't last for too long as Leipzig still had chances. Um, well, there was a. a well, Neuer's palms were stung by, was it Haidara from distance? Uh, although I think Neuer was making that slightly more uh, camera friendly than it actually needed to be. Um, and uh, it was it, uh, Sima Korn had a really good chance, didn't he, from the resulting corner? Um, and I think from, from watching that a few more times, I think he should have done a lot better with that chance. Uh, but nevertheless, they kept on um, plowing forward RB and, and got their. Um, their equaliser, Sheshko having, well, that was probably his third and um, his least opportune moment to score a goal because he had um, got played through uh, not too long before and um, Neuer stood up really well to him and, and Sheshko didn't convert that on that chance. This time the equaliser comes via a deflection of Goretzka and then it's 1-1. You're thinking this is going to be four games without a win here and, well, it's just, you know, putting further um, clarity on what the title, uh, where the title is going to end up. Alas, um, a certain uh, Harry Kane uh, did have other ideas and was, um, well, set up. Was he set up by Chupo Motting on purpose? Regardless, um, Kane's half-volley um, beat Blaswich in there in, in injury time to make it 2-1. And 
and give Bayern life once more, Peter. So, um, yeah, what did you think of the game in general? Um, and it, was it a case of uh, Bayern papering over cracks? They have many, many cracks to paper over at this point. Um, the sticking plasters metaphor is, is going to apply to them through the end of the season. Uh, this, of course, was an excellent response uh, from Kane. Uh, you didn't. Um, the only thing that you didn't mention, and you did a great job of describing uh, his full match, was the uh, the Fallrückzieher. There's your German vocabulary word of the week. The German word for a, a bicycle kick. Uh, but yes, that came uh, early and, and really showed some great intent from him. Mm. Uh, Kane had, had come under a lot of criticism uh, because it was thought um, there was some criticism in the German press that he should be taking more of a leadership role uh, in the team, uh, that the team sort of lacks backbone and structure and, and someone who, who can really lead them on the pitch. Uh, something that Thomas Müller has been doing for years, but it uh, looks like Radio Müller is, is running out of gas a little bit. Father Time is catching up with him, and uh, he's running out of things to say. But um, it was this uh, incredible performance uh, by Kane and also uh, your, his fellow uh, Englishman and former Tottenham colleague Eric Dyer. Uh, Gareth Southgate was in attendance at this match. Uh, he uh, was... <laughs> Julian Nagelsmann was not, uh, but Gareth Southgate was. And uh, both of them, uh, the two Tottenham boys, the two Englishmen, uh, did their national team trainer proud in this one. It's actually a shame, I think, that uh, De Ligt is going to be suspended for Freiburg because Dyer and De Ligt were, I think, I observed that the two of them are really organizing the players around them very, very well, uh, particularly when it comes to, to giving Guerrero freedom to go up the flanks as he did on that opening goal. That was very, very important. And uh, from a German perspective, the uh, the talking point remains the fact that Joshua Kimmich has to play right back now for club and country, whether he likes it or not. Mm -hmm. uh, there's going to be no more grousing. There's going to be no more complaining. There's going to be no more, uh, oh, but I'm a, a goal-scoring midfielder. Sorry. Uh, Nagelsmann said in that Spiegel interview that I referenced earlier that he must, and this is his actual quote, must subordinate himself for the good of the country and uh, play right back if need be. And Thomas Tuchel seems to be of the same opinion. And I actually think he did a very good job. He was he is a natural right uh, fullback. That is where he started his career. The only reason that he wanted to move into the midfield was because he didn't want to be compared to Philip Lahm. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Joshua, but that's not a bad person to be compared to. You should be honored <laughs> if, uh, if, if uh, you want to be compared to him. So this was... At long last, the statement victory that we were looking for uh, from Bayern uh, in, in many different respects. The Sheshko goal actually came off of a deflection, if, if memory serves correctly. So um, they, they were uh, dominant uh, over Leipzig, uh, who are not a bad team uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Who, and, and for you know, a youngster like Pavlovich to be able to compete with the likes of Zaba Schlager and, and Haidara in midfield uh, is, is no small feat. Uh, and let's not forget that Xavi Simmons is somewhat flying under the radar for some league watchers. But, I mean, he's one of the most exciting players uh, in the Bundesliga at present. He was totally shut down apart from, I think, some early activity uh, within the opening 20 minutes. But a, a very, very important win for Bayern, a statement win for Bayern. Are they back in the title race? Absolutely not. <laughs> they, uh, they are uh, the, the rebuilding project. 
uh, get started this summer, and they're going to have to reckon with the fact that they're uh, they're going uh, without a trophy this year for the first time in, in 12 years, unless something miraculous happens in the Champions League. And, and that's the case. I mean, do you are you of that opinion, uh, Rory? I mean, I, I uh, what do you think? It's going to take a lot for them to do anything in the Champions League. Um, I regrettably say because I love seeing the German teams progress and do and do really well um but yeah do they do they even get past Lazio uh with a one goal deficit and playing at home you'd imagine so um I'm interested to see your thoughts on this Peter because me and Runa actually talked about this a little bit on Friday morning about whether the Tuchel news does it does it release the pressure valve a little bit? Because Tuchel was almost kind of inferring in a few interviews that um, he kind of can just say what he wants now, in effect, and 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 play players where he wants as well. It, it, like, have we not seen Kimmich shirt right backs because of him, like Tuchel being afraid of what might happen um, to his job? And now that that's been settled, will he just go completely? overboard with all of his decisions now um he was very i think he was very quick to say um with an interview with archie uh who's obviously one of the um one of the post-match uh interviewers uh who does the rounds um and he was saying he kind of corrected archie by saying we've only had a bad week not a bad couple of weeks um so tuchel is still very forthright in his opinions of of what he's done uh at bayern and and what we'll continue to do so um what what do you reckon peter are we going to see uh well buy-in players more relaxed uh, certainly going to by the looks of you're going to see tuchel more relaxed uh well first and foremost you never correct archie rentut in my opinion i don't i don't think that that's uh acceptable he is one of my personal uh, journalistic heroes um, have you had him on the pod yet We've not had Archie on before, um, um, and I would absolutely love it if he came on. So we need to we need to reach out and uh, organise that. He is he is he is just an excellent uh, man. He he lives in Köln. There uh, speaks excellent German. Uh, does a wonderful job uh, reporting on the Bundesliga for for ESPN, also uh, on the Guardian and all of those things. And and it's just a top notch person as well. Just a, a top notch person. Uh, Archie's simply doing his job. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think that the pressure valve uh, uh, gets released here necessarily. I think that the team, uh, you know, this was an excellent response, but you can still see that Tuchel's body language is not where it needs to be. Hmm. And, you know, as Manuel Neuer, uh, and I, I appreciate you saying he he flashed, he made that save a little bit nice for the camera. That's one of his specialties, Manuel Neuer says. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Uh you know, he said after the match that it reflects poorly on Bayern that they weren't able to make it under such a top coach. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of collective so uh, shoulder slumping among uh, among the squad. Um, I think uh, whether or not uh, where the squad can necessarily find the motivation from, uh, because it's it's not only the uh, are they working under a lame duck coach. Uh, but they're not in the title race uh, at this particular moment in time. Uh, the German national team players, uh, I don't think that um, there's any danger of a player like Kimmich, uh, Leroy Sané, or Jamal Musiala, for that uh, matter, being left off of the German national team for this summer's Euros. 
uh, someone like Goretzka may may uh, think that he has uh, something to prove, and perhaps Serge Gnabry, assuming that he can come back from injury uh, on time. But um, yeah, I don't think that there's I don't, there's not even the motivation to get into the German national team uh, from this this Bayern crew, and yeah. it's uh, the whole organization has egg on their face now. I mean, for for what they did, for uh, I mean, there's. That's what the kicker is saying, and I was mentioning this in a column a couple of weeks ago too. This whole Mia San Mia uh, uh, spirit uh, among the club is gone now. The club doesn't have an identity. They sacked a, a coach who was doing reasonably well last season. Then they sacked the two administrators uh, uh, who brought in said coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uri Hoeneß and Karl-Heinz Wummeniga went back into the front office to sort of save things with Tuchel. Uh, then they bring in Stefan Freund. And now, of course, they bring in Max Abel, who is, you know, uh, becoming more of a controversial figure in German football. I always defended him and his, his burnout case in, in Gladbach from the beginning. But I, you know, so so what what does this club stand for? They don't seem to stand for anything. They They panicked last season because they weren't going to win everything. Mm-hmm. And now they may win nothing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think uh, uh, late last season we were seeing, you know, fans filing towards the exits early at the Allianz Arena. And, and generally, I, I have not seen that sort of behavior at the Allianz in, in seven, eight years. I mean, you know, not, certainly not since, since uh, Ancelotti, I don't think. So, I mean, the, the club's identity is in tatters. Uh, the 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 fans the ultras uh, aren't quite sure what to, what this club stands for anymore, uh, and you know there's over the past eleven years of dominance, this club has also p- picked up a lot of what you might call fair weather fans, and that's whom this club seems to be serving. Not the people who show up every week, but you know the international audience who says Bayern has to win everything every year. It has to be the absolute, uh, you know, that's not the real uh, Stern des Südens, uh, if you will. So they're they're in they're in big trouble there. And uh, what do I think of the Davies? Uh, yeah, well, Davies is a player who, <coughs> um, you know, his his career trajectory has been interesting because it was actually Nico Kovac who initially put him at left back. He was an attacking winger. Uh, the Canadian was when he first joined Bayern. And in an interview over this uh, this summer, he said that he was dissatisfied with the left back role, that he wanted to be somebody who plays a little bit more forward and be more of a goal scoring threat. And then Tuchel sort of outed him for, uh, you know, over the uh, this was a month or so ago, you know, about uh, Davies has been in poor form for some time. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he caught some flack from his uh, from his coach as well. To be fair, he did respond on a performance based level. Um, but that's. Another reason why Archie is absolutely correct, because it, they have had a bad uh, few weeks. Uh, they have had Tuchel lame, uh, lambasting players in the press when he probably uh, generally had no business doing so. And whether or not the, the, uh, uh, the relationship between Tuchel and the locker room can be repaired uh, within, before the end of the season, I don't, I mean, it's, no, it, it never felt right. When Thomas Tuchel said, I fell in love with this team, who is he kidding? <laughs> he never fell in love with this team. The team yeah. never fell in love with him. Yeah, I, I, there, there's a lot to be said about that decision, and and you know, 
could go down as one of the, yeah, the most awful appointments that Biden have made in, in recent history, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, just another comment on Archie saying he is a top-notch journalist with an awful sense of style. Uh, he always has some very fruity numbers um, on when he's doing the interviews, which, yeah, um, is quite amusing as well. Often gets comments on get him in the show. I don't know. Yeah, we... <laughs> yeah. Come on, Archie. Come on. Yeah, um, yeah, great stuff. Uh, before, just before we move on, just very quickly on RB, uh, Peter. Um, I honestly don't know what to make of Leipzig. Um, they've got so much, or you think that they have so much quality in that squad. Um, and yet, well, if we jump forward to the end of the season, if they're not in the top four, do we presume that Marco Rosa gets moved on? Um. The problem with Rosa is is that he is a Leipzig native and uh, he is uh, an RB system uh, graduate. And what he's doing week in, week out is he's playing the the preferred Leipzig 4-2-2-2, the, the one yeah. that Ronald Ronjic uh, perfected uh, when he was there. So um, I think, I mean... There's a, there's a problem with this conversation that we don't really know. I mean, of course, what's going on with the Champions League now now maybe means that Germany, with a coefficient, will not get uh, that fifth Champions League place. Uh, that makes all the difference in the world. If we do, uh, then I would assume that Leipzig gets it and and Rosa gets uh, more time. I mean, I, it's hard to, to... I mean, can they find a better coach, really? I mean, can they find somebody who's more committed to the area, who's who's more, you know, uh, they have a coach, I think, who who is probably a very, very good fit uh, for them. And he plays a very, very good system. Uh, the players uh, are not responding the way that we hope that they would. And a lot of it uh, comes down to, I mean, of course, you know, Appenda is like, and we talk about this week in and week out. I mean, he's, he's anonymous and then he's brilliant. Uh, you know, you have uh, uh, Shesko, who is uh, also, he is getting his tallies in there. He's still a very young player. He needs some time to adjust. Xavi, if they could keep him, uh, is is one of the most amazing players in the Bundesliga. Danny Olmo hasn't really come back from injury the way that we've expected him to, but he's maybe mm -hmm. perhaps needs a little bit more time. Uh, David Raum and, and Benny Henricks. Uh, yeah, I, wh what is wrong with them? Don't they realize that they're playing for the German national team at this point? Don't they realize that if they want to punch their ticket to the Euros and come along with Nagelsmann, that they really have to respond? And, mm -hmm. as, you know, Raum in particular is just, where is his motivation? I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah the only thing that, I mean, Rosa has been getting some flack recently for the way that he handled the Timo Werner situation. But I'm not sure if there was a better way to handle the team Ovana situation. I mean, he's not, you know, he, he was just simply not performing. Yeah. And, and that's, and, and he had to be benched and had to be loaned out. And Yusuf Poulsen, the, the club man, uh, he was absolutely right to bring Poulsen in to give this squad a new spark and a new impetus. So I, I don't really see many criticisms of Rosa other than the fact that. He needs to light a fire under David Ram's posterior and say, look, <laughs> you know, you uh, instead of getting more tattoos, you should be focusing on your game right now. <laughs> because well, yeah, I think there's a lot of fires that need to be lit under a lot of buttons in that team. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, we've uh, well, we've covered that game in great detail on both sides. So we will uh, we'll move on uh, to our second game that we'll be covering. 
Uh, and the most, uh, well, the most goal-filled uh, game from the weekend was Borussia Mönchengladbach 5, uh, Balkan 2, uh, in what was a, well, a much, much needed uh, win for Gladbach, Peter, because obviously prior to this weekend, they were um, just adjacent to uh, the relegation playoff spot and they would have been feeling rather uncomfortable about that um, because, again, this side, Gladbach, have a lot in their locker You when you when we see it, which is erratic and, and not on a consistent basis. Uh, but again, a squad that is that should not be in uh, 15th place uh, and should be pushing up towards the higher end of, of the table, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, and who have a good who have a good head coach uh, in Gerardo Sioane, uh, um, and I really want him to do well uh, as well. But anyway, on this game, uh, it was this was a hard one to kind of put into a few words uh, because a lot happened. Uh, so technically speaking, there were four goals in the first half two of which were disallowed. Um, so we had a, a half-time score of 2-0 to Gladbach. So we had the the own goal, which changed um, kind of, well, the Bundesliga, or who, you know, the powers that be that give the goal scorer, um, the, you know, the credit changed about three times during the actual match. Um, did they, I think they ended up on Ungumu having the goal, but I had no idea how they... Gave it to him because it's such a clear own goal. Yeah, that was really strange. So yeah, it's an own goal uh, from from a corner anyway, um, which Balkan wouldn't have been pleased with. And eventually, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's smashed in by um, a Gladbach player. I forget anyway, just to make sure. But yeah, so one nil um, after a disallowed goal uh, early on for Balkan. Um, if I'm getting my uh, ordering right. Um, we then had um, the second goal, which obviously was a penalty, uh, dis- dispatched ably by Weigel. That was for a handball uh, in the area. Uh, and then um, Neuhaus, Royal Neuhaus, also had a goal disallowed um, after a really nice goal, actually, um, interchanging between uh, Jordan uh, on the edge of the box, but uh, due to a foul by Jordan in the build up, that was also disallowed. Um, and sorry, yeah, it was Bernardo who had the effort ruled out for handball um, for Balkan. So Balkan could have taken a really early lead. And I think that would have been quite important as well, to be honest. But we'll get back to that. The second half, Peter. Uh, so Rocco Wright's uh, substitute Rocco Wright ends up making it 3 uh, 0 in quite comedic fashion, actually, after uh, Ngumu just basically smashes his out of his face. And all he can do is just kind of very cleverly re divert it into the net. Um, at breakneck speed. So he did well to still have his head connected uh, to his body there. But yeah, that was a nice bit of play uh, for 3-0. And you were thinking that was probably it. Uh, but then Gabat's deficiencies in the back line um, helped as uh, another substitute, Hoffman, um, got um, on the end of a bit of scrappy play to make it 3-1. Um, then Jordan gets himself in a, a nice goal, um, diving down low, uh, and being quite brave to make it 4-1. And Ryman um, 
kind of half saves it at first and then he doesn't know where the ball is and then he ends up just palming into his own net um which technically speaking probably was an own goal but anyway uh that, that makes it 4-1 you're thinking right game over again then Kevin Schlotterbeck, um, well, both Schlotterbecks were, were able to score uh, this weekend, uh, gets in with a power header from a Barrero uh, um, cutback. So you're thinking 4-2, surely not. Is there still time? Uh, but there was still time for a goal. There was a Gladbach one uh, in the shape of Honorat getting a bit of space in the box, wriggling free and smashing home 5-2. So, yeah. Oh, our breath just talking our, our way through briefly that. Um, yeah, Peter, just overall, glad I really needed it and they did get a performance. You did a fantastic job describing that match, Roy. You did a, a much better job than I could have done doing so. I mean, that, as you so correctly pointed, I mean, this was a, a seven goal fixture with two disallowed goals, uh, including some questionable decisions on the score sheet. Um, personal confession, you know, I, I thought that I was in for a little bit more of a relaxing time this weekend reporting on the 1530 kickoffs uh, simultaneously because I thought, well, the protest waves are over with and all of these matches are going to finish at the same time so I can get my piece filed on time. Yeah. Well, thanks to this one uh, and the Darmstadt uh, Bremen one in which, uh, you know, uh, Tim Skarka got wiped off the score sheet twice. Uh, that made uh, getting the, the, the piece filed in a, in a <clears throat> timely fashion difficult. Was done. Um, I took the opportunity, and I'll, I should, I'll get the column done early this week, uh, to have a look at Gladbach, ta uh, uh, Seawani's Gladbach uh, tactics, actually over the last uh, four weeks, because um, I find the case of Gladbach to be very, very interesting, obviously. Mm. Um, as you pointed out, this was a very much needed win for them. Uh, they were sliding towards uh, the relegation zone where they could uh, go down with their rivals, their arch rivals, uh, uh, Kern. Um, and, you know, the question is, the question is now, what do we do with Seoane? Because uh, at the beginning of the season with this roster, you would have thought that this team would have been capable for, you know, uh, capable of, I should say, competing for Europe. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, the, the Kvankara, uh, all of the Kvankara injuries did not help matters. Uh, obviously, I think that, um, you know, they, they bought, he was supposed to be their lead striker. He was supposed to be their Marcus Toram replacement. Um, but Gladbach uh, underachieving, severe Gladbach uh, underachieving, it begs a look at the tactics. And as I was reviewing uh, Seoane's tactics over the last four match days, I was actually not impressed at all uh, with the way that he's lining this team up. It's uh, he's mm -hmm. throwing some ideas there to see if they stick. He's trying all sorts of things. He's trying a four-one-four-one. He's trying a three-three-two-two. He's trying a four-two-two. He's trying a four-one-four-one again uh, with different spatial assignments and things like this. And I'll, I'll go into depth a little bit uh, more about that in my column. Suffice to say, um, I think you know he just wasn't getting them right on, uh, at all uh, mm -hmm. and. In this match, I think that he did. Um, I think that uh, surprising though it was, the uh, benching Rocco uh, rights and putting Florian Neuhaus and Manu Kone together on sort of a, a, a wider uh, third access, you know, as buttressing uh, uh, strikers, letting Julian Weigel run his own solo access, that was a very good idea. Mm -hmm. And um, switching Joe Scali uh, over to the left um, and and starting both Stefan Leiner and Scali, which is which is a good idea. Scali can play on either side. 
Uh, and Liner is is probably a better right back than Scally. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, that he's fit. So I think he got his tactics right here, and that was the reason that they were able to go up uh, uh, 2-0. Okay, yes, yeah, so one goal was scored from the spot, and the other one, as you pointed out, was an obvious own goal. But um, they were they were quite convincing in that first half. Uh, and then the uh, <clears throat> the manner in which the goal started raining down later on, it, don't forget, Frank Onorat also didn't start in this one. He came yeah. off the bench uh, to score, and Gumu took that. So I think he had a good feel for his personnel sections and uh, selections in this one, and he finally got his tactics right. Gladbach could build some momentum. Let's not forget they still are in the Pokal. One of the reasons that for their slumping form is that the um, the match uh, against uh, Saarbrücken was was postponed. Yeah. Uh, so they weren't able to to get that momentum behind them, but uh, they they could still gain some momentum. I don't know though. I mean, you know, if this team doesn't compete for Europe. You have to question whether or not Ceylonis should stay on uh, for another season. And it's getting to be a little bit ridiculous in, in Gladbach now. I mean, we've had, if, if they let Ceylonis go after one season, then they've let three consecutive head coaches go <laughs> after yeah. three consecutive seasons of mid-table mediocrity. You've had Adi Hütte, you've had Daniel Fark, uh, or Farke, I, <laughs> if you want to be German about it. Uh, but... Um, and and now you're going to let Seoane go. I mean, that's yeah, because they should they should be competing for Europe. They shouldn't be this mid table mediocrity with this this side. I, I mean, you really you really feel for the for the fans and the supporters of these clubs. Great great supporters, absolutely yep. great supporters there in Gladbach, and they they deserve better. And uh, it's been a really rough few years for them, uh, losing Max Abel. Uh, who then goes to Leipzig after you know this burnout, and then uh, Marco Rosa leaving them to go to Dortmund. I mean, yeah. they've had plenty of Schadenfreude to celebrate over the past few years, so you shouldn't feel all that sorry for them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just the way that I mean, you remember the way that they were rising under Rosa uh, during his first year. They they were in the Champions League for crying out loud, and then yeah, made and, it out of that group as well. <laughs> they did. You know, so I mean, it's just, uh, oh well. What's yeah. Oliver doing these days? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, very, very much improved. Gladbach, yeah. So scoring five goals. Um, I think what they'd only scored two goals in their last five before that. So yeah, timely that people were actually um, helping out, as you mentioned, because Gerantura was signed as the big replacement. And yeah, he's, he's not been really available as much, has he? Uh, for Balkan, just a bit of an off day, Peter. Like, obviously, their away form is, is well, sketchy, to say uh, the least. Um, what, seven losses uh, away from home, a uh, couple of draws, but just the one away win. Uh, but they're so strong at home. Nothing really to worry about too much. Well, I mean... We would like it if if the relegation race would would get a little bit more interesting. Right now, the pack's kind of separating a little bit. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is is that uh, that Lech has done a really good job uh, with his personnel selections. Um, you know, he has three strikers on that squad. Uh, he has Philip Hoffman, who scored his first goal of the season, <laughs> his yeah. first goal in ten months in this one uh, off the bench. I mean, you would have thought that he was the one to lead the line, but uh, or or Goncalo. Uh, uh, Paciencia, Paciencia, but uh, he's been going with the Brzezinski as of late, uh, who mm -hmm. has been 
doing a, a actually a, a very good job. Yeah, uh, Stuerga is is an amazing player. Um, I think you guys talked about him on Friday, and I was I was all excited listening to you guys, uh, <laughs> Kevin Stuerga, because I've always liked him. Uh, Masovic has moved into midfield uh, and is is doing uh, very very well at the moment. Uh, Kevin Schlotterbeck is playing better than his brother. We're going to get there. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, he's 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 done a very very good job. So many different tactics from him. So many different personnel switches uh, from him this season. Um, I, I always am pleased to go into to greater depth. Uh, you know, in Bochum in the column. I know that nobody cares. I mean, you know, when it, when people see. Bochum, oh, Peter's going to talk about Bochum again. Everybody's like, ah, screw that. Get to Dortmund and buy him. But, <laughs> but I'll, I'll always talk. I mean, I, I think that he's done a very, very good job this season. I think that they're probably, with you know, maybe two more wins over the next month, they're out of the relegation race. Yeah, yeah, completely agreed. Um, great stuff. So we'll come to um, our, our final game of our official countdown this evening. And, uh, and that's going to be the Dortmund... Uh, game uh, as they went down uh, two, two, three. I don't usually say it like that. Three, two um, mm-hmm. to, to Hoffenheim, the away day specialists, uh, or they haven't been away day specialists for a little while because uh, their form has been terrible. Um, mm-hmm. And many bookmakers would have had some fairly strong odds on this one, especially with Dortmund going out uh, ahead. Um, well, sorry, coming back uh, after obviously Elas Bebu had. Um, made the most of some rather sloppy uh, defensive play uh, between Emre, Emre Chan or Emre Kant, um, mm-hmm. passed the ball to his fellow centre-back pairing um, mate, um, Nico Schlotterbeck, who also didn't cover himself in glory in terms of receiving the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bebu obviously makes the most of that to make it 1-0. But Dorman did respond, Peter, and they responded pretty well. There's some, there loads of chances even before making the equaliser and, Donnie Marlin had a really good chance, Sabit. So from that, quite clever free uh, short corner or low corner. Um, tested Bauman as well. So, um, yeah, the equaliser was coming. Donnie Marlin gets on the end of a well-worked corner, which was flicked on by Royce at the at the near post. Uh, for 1-1, minutes later, really nice, uh, quick, pacey free kick from Royce is powered in by Nico Schlotterbeck uh, to make it 2-1. Uh, and then you're thinking, OK, well, Dortmund, you know, with all the form and all the momentum would go on to, to dominate the rest of this match and, and, and get another important win under their belts. But, uh, well, Hoffenheim and, and particularly uh, uh, that man, Bayer, had other ideas uh, in the second half as he would complete uh, his brace. Um, well, I mean, he, had, he did have other chances as well, based off some more sloppy play by Dortmund. I think this one was... Uh, Julian Ryerson um, gifting him the ball in, in the second half uh, and him having an effort, uh, which he uh, wasn't able to put on target. But uh, thereafter, um, Bayer was able to yeah to, to net twice. Uh, the second, was it the second one where it was cut back to him um, by, ooh, who was it? By Stack, was it? Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the second goal was the one that was deflected off shot of Beck. Yeah. Um, so, and then even after that, Peter, 3-2 Hoffenheim were um, holding on to a sense because uh, great opportunities for Dortmund to equalise late on, particularly for, for Full Klug and for Emre Chan, uh, the header right at the end where it should, well, both players should have made the most of that. 
Um, although in between that as well, uh, John Anthony Brooks had a header from a corner, which also could have gone in. Uh, yeah, I had to mention that, of course, um, the big man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, another really entertaining game, end-to-end, uh, great watch on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, and, well, let's uh, well let's just dive into the match itself. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, did you think that Dortmund effectively just... Blew it. Uh, that's basically what Terzic said in his in his post match presser. I I mean, yeah, you have to. This was a very very odd match, um, in that every last mistake that Dortmund made was punished. Uh, and I mean, it a horrible. Emery Khan, uh, who was given the the captain's armband by by Terzic uh, at the beginning of the season. Now, granted, he was he was. Uh, playing in central defense, which is not his best position. He had to fill in for Mats Hummels, who was having some gastrointestinal problems uh, uh, on short notice. But um, as you pointed out, that pass to Schlotterbeck uh, out of the back uh, that Bebu was able to to pounce on in the second minute. And then he misses the header uh, at the end, the, the best chance for Dortmund to equalize at the end. It's insane. I mean, you know, you just think to yourself, what what does Emre Khan have to do to to get this snake bite off of his neck? I mean, the guy is the poor guy is cursed. Um, yeah, every as I said, really, really, really strong response to going down early. Both of those goals came off set pieces. Uh, the second one was just an absolute Marco Roy specialty. I mean, the top spin that he had on that ball that he surfaced up to, to Schlotterbeck was incredible, and um, <clears throat> you know. What happened uh, in the second half? Well, Nico Schlotterbeck. I mean, well, there was a there was a bad Fulkrug loss on a ball loss on that second goal. Yeah, there was. Yeah, but uh, also Nico Schlotterbeck went down and was trying to draw the foul and stopped playing, uh, which I mean, you you cannot do. I mean, he was uh, if you if you look at the the lead up to that, I mean, he was trying to draw a foul and and he needed to hustle back and help out his his defensive colleagues. You can make the case that he wouldn't have been able to get back in time anyway. But I mean, uh, yeah, and and the the one that deflected in off of him, even if it, I mean, that was that would have been ruled a handball uh, had it not deflected into the back of the net. So I mean, it was just bad body positioning from him. You know, he knows he should know better. He knows that he can't do that. Uh, a really odd match from him too, because he did score that goal, of course, and and put the biceps out, Patrick Schick style. But uh, uh, that that goal was all Royce. So I, you know, the the Dortmund fans whistled and and booed and and all of this stuff afterwards. And you know, as as they sort of had a right to, their captain had a nightmare of a match. Uh, but on the other hand, I mean, you know this. In football, it's rare to see a match like this where every last mistake is punished, where every last misstep ends up coming back to bite you. Ordinarily, you can afford to make a few mistakes uh, uh, here and there. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, um, I've been throwing things at my television set and, and, and going cross-eyed trying to figure out Pellegrino, Matarazzo's Hoffenheim tactics. I don't think that there was anything particularly good or special about them here either. Um, you know, Bebu pounced on that ball. Bayer got helped by a, 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 deflect, a deflection on his first goal. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then got – second one was a very nice finish. But, yeah, it's tough. They, I mean, it's it's a tough one to take for uh, for Dortmund supporters because they played really well, both in open play and on set pieces. I, I think that they really did. 
And, you know, with Bronson midfield, I think he did well. I think that, uh, well, I mean, Khan is just, God, what, what can we do? What can we do? I, I don't know what to say. What can we do with our, with our German, uh, our, our former, you know, high caliber Liverpool, German, big international uh, player? Uh, it's just, what's wrong with him? I, I don't know. I, maybe he shouldn't have, have, have been given that captain's armband. Maybe Royce should have worn it. Maybe the additional pressure is getting to him. Do you have any thoughts on what the what the hell's wrong with Emre Khan at the moment, Roy? Uh, not any more than what you've kind of inferred or suggested, to be honest, Peter. Yeah, it's, it's just really strange. Uh, the match just couldn't have gone much worse for him. Uh, that header at the end, you just back him to just, yeah, um, to put it away. Uh but from the fact that Dortmund scored two goals and, you know, what they should have scored, uh, you know, doesn't fall on his shoulders entirely. Of course not. Like, obviously, yeah, he has that chance, but, uh, you know, Dortmund had plenty of other chances. Like, why the, why the hell does Fulkrug smash that ball as hard as he can into, you know, into the atmosphere when he could have just put it into the back of the net or at least yeah. put it on target? Um, completely decision there and yeah obviously other chances as well uh ensuing um that yeah it just seems like there's a lot of disconnect in the Dortmund team the defense that we, which we've already mentioned Peter just for those goals that this between the center halves and then the the two fullbacks the gaps were extraordinarily big um mm-hmm. I'm used to seeing that being a Man United fan these days but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it yeah it was yeah comical really at times uh, obviously Matson probably had his worst game since joining the club Rierson had been quite strong since he's come back from injury but he had a poor game uh, so the entire back four really um, didn't cover themselves in glory and then when you don't have Gregor Corbell uh, in net to you know keep out those uh, you know those bigger chances like nothing against Meyer in net but he's not Gregor Corbell um, could be the difference again and yeah from the Hoffenheim point of view I, I can't piece together them, um, you know, whether it was them being fantastic or, you know, circumstantial. Uh, I think they played a pretty OK game uh, and certain individuals looked better than others. Um, but still, like me and Mark were kind of talking about this over the weekend. Um, the league seemingly now has kind of made its shape for the season. And, and it has been like this for a little while. You have the the top five that are all playing, well, the titles or Champions League football, whatever it is, you then have this blanket that you can throw over everyone from Frankfurt down to, well, whoever the hell's in 15th place now. It's even hard to keep it on top of all now. Um, So from, well, if you exclude Frankfurt for a second, you've got Hoffenheim in seventh on 30 points, and then you've got Bolkham in 15th on 25 points. That is... Really, really, you know, so any one weekend you can be 15th, the next you can be 9th or 8th. It's been a really strange season by a lot of teams, um, to be frankly honest, from a performance point of view. And now we're seeing the the bottom three are starting to get cut adrift a little bit, Peter. Um, So, yeah, from Hoffenheim's point of view, they're better away from home. Yeah. Yeah, the form, you just didn't expect this coming at all. 
I, I think, yeah, what, what you said is very, very important. And um, I think that that's hopefully we get some more interesting surprises because what's going on now uh, with the top four is that Stuttgart, your Stuttgart and Bochum, you know, they can afford to drop points because Leipzig can't really take advantage. Uh, Frankfurt is, are, are no threat for the top four. Um, you know, I, I don't even I don't even see how we get Europa League quality teams, uh, you know, in the in the top six there, uh, as a matter of fact, or or seven, you know, is, if you want to put, throw in the Conference League there. I mean, when you look at at Frankfurt, Hoffenheim, Bremen, uh, uh, Freiburg, uh, it, well, Heidenheim's another discussion. These are not European level teams, uh, so. Yeah, it's it's sort of separating, and and mm-hmm. that's unfortunate. We we would like to see some more surprises there. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, the uh, figuring out who gets the relegation playoff place will be interesting. But yeah. uh, we'll be certainly hoping uh, for some more surprises because the way that the bottom three are being cut adrift, the way that the race for the top four is just sort of it's as you say it's separating and and uh you know Stuttgart and Dortmund can drop all the points that they want they'll they'll still get there um we hopefully we have some more surprises in store uh it's not the EFL championship but uh the the Bundesliga uh, often does uh, surprises but yeah I mean not not the same way as the championship because we have well fewer fixtures but uh, <laughs> um, absolutely um so yeah, mm-hmm. just, just for the best of the rest then. Obviously, there were you know, lots of other uh, games that had um, talking points and, and entertaining uh, moments. Obviously, Leverkusen got past Mainz, um, obviously on Friday night. Um, well, thanks to a bit of an odd bit of goalkeeping uh, and um, some fruity celebrations by Granit Xhaka as well, giving everyone the, uh, uh, the frights uh, of him potentially pulling his hamstring, but then just going on to celebrate. <laughs> um, I think, that was awesome. Yeah, that was, that was yeah quite uh, enjoyable. So yeah, they obviously got got through that, and they stay super strong. Um, yeah, one one between Werder and Darmstadt. One uh, one between uh, Stuttgart and a very stubborn Köln side. Two um, two between Frankfurt draw specialists and and even more uh, and and Wolfsburg, who are also draw specialists in a sense. Uh, Marmouche rescuing Frankfurt once more. And uh, the comeback kings, uh, FCA, Augsburg, um, getting past a very tired Freiburg side, um, thanks to a really good um, spell off the bench by Arne Engels. Um, just before we finish, though, Peter, I want to get in the Darmstadt game and the end of it and those two disallowed goals. Um, obviously, the first is an offside decision. And, you know, um, I forget the first. Um, is it Skarka twice? It was Skarka twice. Who was Skarka twice? So yeah, Skarka's foot is offside. So yeah, okay, not a problem. Use the technology for that. The second goal. Where are we? Where do we even start with that? That is a ridiculous decision. That that, that has cost Darmstadt so so much. Uh, in you know, in what we're talking about, if of course they have ambitions to stay in the Bundesliga still. And we have talked about this disconnect that is growing and growing and whether they just want to get 16th and, you know, the fight for the playoff spot or whatever. That's huge. I mean, mm. where's the logic in disallowing that goal? According to the letter of the law, um, if the ball plays the hand, even if it's unintentional before a goal, the goal has to be chalked off. That's the way it is in the German rule book. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's the same in the English rule book or not. but uh, Yeah, I think it is, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, according to the letter of law, that's why it had to be disallowed. Oh, just massively disappointing. I don't think I've been more disappointed at a disallowed goal since that Nils Peterson one uh, that, it, that we were talking about late last season. I mean, I was, I was just, I feel with, with Skarka because they, I mean, they absolutely deserve to win that match and it would have made the relegation race. Uh, I mean, imagine if they, yeah, it would have made it oh so very interesting, mm-hmm. but that is the letter of the law that no goal, uh, even if it's an unintentional handball can be counted. Maybe we can maybe we can change that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you say, it was yeah, just <laughs> disappointing overall, uh, and a real shame. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there just for the sake of uh, uh, mentioning it because yeah, Darmstadt they played a really good game against an informed further team. So yeah, credit to them. Uh, maybe next time uh, for Darmstadt. And so yeah, that that will very neatly bring us uh, to a close. Uh, this evening then so uh, yeah thank you everyone for tuning in uh, as per usual it's been a really good and enjoyable show Uh, so uh, just before we close up if you can leave thumbs up on the show that'd be fantastic Uh, comment your thoughts if you've not watched us uh, live Uh, you know always welcome thoughts uh, on on your team's performances or even what uh, me and Peter said this evening Uh, and of course uh, we are also uh, on audio platforms so by all means please do leave a rating and a review on podcasts uh, as well you know where to find us on x over the bar fb uh, and over the bar extra myself and peter of course are on x as well if you want to follow us both Uh, so thank you everyone as per usual thank you peter and uh, we'll catch you on thursday evening Mm -hmm. cheers all